Welcome back. Uh, we are in John chapter 4 tonight. We are flying through the book of John. It's been five months and we're in chapter 4. Uh, we started last week looking at the story of uh, Christ with the, the Samaritan woman at the well. And we're going to pick up there. Christ had, had revealed himself to her uh, as the Messiah. We had skipped over a few little pieces we're going to go back and, and pick up those pieces and then uh, continue on with the story. We're still not going to get through the whole story today because we're going to skip over some more verses as the disciples come back and interrupt things. But um, just a story of really the amazing grace of God, the, the, His love and His care. that uh, Salvation was never only about the Jews. It was never only about... Uh, Israel, it was always about the whole world and um, Christ reaching out and, and showing that to the world. So, uh, John chapter 4, and we're going to start in verse number 15. The Bible says, The woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. Jesus saith unto her, Go, call thy husband, and come hither. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said unto her, Thou hast well said, I have no husband. For thou hast had five husbands, and he whom thou now hast is not thy husband. In that saidest thou truly. The woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. Ye worship... You know not what, we know what we worship, for salvation is of the Jews. But the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such as such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. The woman saith unto him, I know that Messiah cometh, which is called Christ. When he is come, he will tell us all things. And Jesus saith unto her, I that speak unto thee am he. And upon this came his disciples, and marveled that he talked with the woman. Yet no man said, What seekest thou? <clears throat> or why walkest thou, or talkest thou with her? The woman then left her water pot, and went her way into the city, and saith to the men, Come, see a man which told me all things that ever I did. Is not this the Christ? Then they that went out of the city, or sorry, then they went out of the city and came unto him. And we're going to skip down to verse number 39. <clears throat> And many of the Samaritans of that city believed on him for the saying of the woman which testified, He told me all that ever I did. So when the Samaritans were come unto him, they besought him that he would tarry with them. And he abode there two days. And many more believed because of his own word, and said unto the woman, Now we believe not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. Let's pray. Father God, we love you. <clears throat> we thank you for this day. Lord, I pray that you would speak to us today. Lord, that uh, this would not just be my words, but it would be your words. That each heart would know your truth. Just as the Samaritans know that Christ is the Messiah, Lord, that we would know your truth. That we would know right and that we would know how to follow you. So God, please teach us. 
speak to us today. Lord, please set aside all the worries and cares in our hearts, clear our minds, and help us to focus on you. Lord, we love you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So where we picked up, uh, we read part of that last week and I kind of glossed over it, but Christ is speaking to the woman and, and he's telling her all that she has, all that she's done. And he, he's revealing to her that, that, she, that he, she could have living water. And we pick up in verse number 15, And the woman saith unto him, Sir, give me this water that I thirst not, neither come hither to draw. We, when we looked at her uh, appearance last week, we saw that we're pretty sure that she was out there uh, trying to avoid everybody. She was out there at the hottest part of the day. Uh, she was out there when no one else would be there because she wanted to be alone. She was ashamed. And in verse number 15, she, she says, I want this water because I don't want to thirst. I, I don't want to come, have to come here to draw anymore. And Jesus, he says, go call thy husband. He, he cares about the family. Um, he doesn't, one, he doesn't want to just reveal the truth to this woman and, and have her go and mess it up. We saw how that worked with Adam and Eve. Uh, God revealed the truth to Adam, and Adam obviously told Eve because Eve was able to recite it to the devil and add her own little touch. But it's because of Eve that Adam was deceived. So Jesus not only wants to teach her, but he wants to teach her whole family. But she says, I have no husband. Jesus, knowing all things, knows exactly uh, the state that she's in. And this is probably why that she's there uh, by herself. Because she's had five husbands. And the man that she's with currently is not her husband. Which means he's probably somebody else's husband. So Jesus is giving her a chance to understand just who she is. As we talked about this morning with Jonah... Jonah is about to come to the end of himself. He, he's about, he's come to the, the very end. He's been thrown overboard. He's sinking and the whale, the, the whale has swallowed him up and he's going to die. And he's going to enter hell and we're, he's going to then begin to pray. It takes that much to get Jonah to pray. Everyone that Christ deals with, Christ has to show them themselves first. We've talked about this before. The, the law is nothing more than a mirror. It's, it's a schoolmaster. It's not a set of rules to obey. It's a set of rules that can't be obeyed. It's to show us exactly who we are, exactly how unrighteous we are. A pastor friend of mine in, in Ohio would say, don't worry, you're twice as bad as you think you are. I would say don't worry, you're ten times worse. The book of James tells us that if you uh, keep all the law but offend in one point, you're guilty of all. So by keeping nine points out of just the ten commandments, uh, but breaking one, you're still guilty of all ten. We cannot live up to the law. We cannot live a righteous and holy life. And Christ is revealing to her, to this woman at the well, her true state. He is establishing himself as an authority in her life by telling her the truth, by revealing to her uh, this part of her history. But she still doesn't trust the Jews. 
So she continues, and she has to. She has to question. She has to question. She re- does reveal a partial truth. She reveals uh, in her heart that that she has no husband. She tells him that, but it's only partially the truth. But that piece of the truth is all Christ needs. That small repentance, that that turning around and understanding and seeing who she is is what Christ needs to drive his point home. She she admits that she's living in sin. And then she recognizes who he is. She calls him a prophet. She's beginning to understand that Christ is an authority and not just an authority because he carries a badge and a gun, but back then he didn't, but uh, not just an authority because he's the king or because he's a soldier, but an authority, a supernatural authority. One that knows all. There's no possible way that Christ, having never known this woman and never known the people in that city, could understand her true state. It's only because he is the Son of God that he knows these things. This knowledge could only have come from God. And she begins to show that she does truly have a form of godliness. She understands that as being a Samaritan, being part Jewish, she does understand bits and pieces of how to worship and who God is. In verse number 19, she said, I, then, saith, <clears throat> then the woman saith unto him, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. She knows that she should worship God. She knows who she should worship. Later on, she knows that uh, the Messiah is going to come, but she just, much like Nicodemus, doesn't understand. But she's searching. Much like Nicodemus, she has some idea of how and where she's supposed to worship God, but she, however, is far from him at this point in her life. Many of the people that we meet every day are in the same state. As the lady sat down at the park and talked to the kids about <clears throat> during the craft about the love of God and, and his sacrifice for us, many of those kids can tell you the stories. As I show them Goliath and introduce them to my, my nine-foot-tall friend, and many of the people that we've talked to understand who Goliath was. They know the story of David and Goliath. They know God's provision in that story, but they don't know the God of the provision. The men in Jonah this morning, they met God. Even though Jonah was so far from God at this point, these men still were able to see God in the way that he dealt with Jonah, in the way that he corrected his son. Every day, we meet people that have a head knowledge of God. I have neighbors that probably can quote more scripture to me than I will ever remember. But they're worshiping the wrong God. They don't truly know Him. Just like the men in Matthew that we we saw, uh, the Lord that went away on a far journey and He gave talents to, to the three men, the five talents, the two talents, and the one talent, two of those men truly knew 
their master. They had the same goals. They had the same passion. They had the same drive as their master. And the one servant was just serving out of duty. And he thought he knew his master. He had a head knowledge of who his master was, but he didn't truly know him because he failed him. Christ goes on to answer her question. And he explains uh, her true lack of knowledge of God, but he also throws in a little prophecy. And I believe we are in the hour today where Christ is talking about. In verse number 23, But the hour cometh and now is when the true worshippers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. In verse number 21, Jesus saith unto her, Woman, believe me, the hour cometh when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. God God never intended for just it to be one place at one time. That was Israel's idea as God brought Abraham out and spoke to him as he traveled around. He Everywhere he went, he would set up an altar and he would worship. It wasn't until Israel was brought out of Egypt that they began to set a specific place. They had the tabernacle, then they had the temple. And that was a specific place. And their idea was to control how they worshipped God. But that was perverted. We saw Solomon brought idols into the temple. The beautiful temple that he built, that David had had slaved, not slaved, but had, had spent years gathering the materials for but couldn't build because he was a man of war, a bloody man. Solomon, his son, in peacetime, built the temple that was so beautiful that even in Nehemiah's day when they rebuilt it, most of the people weep because they remember the original temple and it it doesn't compare. But it isn't supposed to just be we worship in the temple. We don't worship in the church house. We don't worship here. We worship in our hearts. The true worship, as we looked at this morning, is not uh, us speaking and us talking of God. It's us living for God. It's us obeying and doing His will. As Christ is speaking to this woman, of course, He has His disciples finally return. They had gone to the city to buy meat, and, and they return, and they interrupt. Knock, knock, joke. Malachi, knock, knock. Interrupting cow. Okay. (laughs) Darn it. Thought I was going to get it. No. The disciples interrupt. They were good at that. As we continue on, we're going to see the disciples get in the way. And love them to death. They they are trying to, to learn and grow, but they get in the way. And we all have people like that in our lives. Uh, Jesse deals with one every day, Monday through Friday, that uh, he's off doing his work and trying to get things done, and some idiot has to come and ask a question. And uh, it me this week. no, it's it's usually me. Oh, okay. I, I'm 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 the idiot that has to come and bother him uh, and keep him from getting things done, or just you know stick my head in. Are we having fun yet? No, it's not. Yes, we are having fun, but 
Anyway, they interrupt, and this gives the woman a chance to leave. Again, when others arrive, she leaves. But this time, she leaves with a different heart. She left her water pot. The whole reason that she was there, she left it behind. Now, she also left behind all of the things that she needed to do. She's not hiding anymore. Now she's returning to the city instead of trying to avoid everybody and just get home. She's going to go back and she's going to tell the city. She's going to tell them to come meet the man that, that told her everything she ever did. Not only did she forget what she needed to do, she forgot what she was trying to avoid. And because of that, many believed. Because they went to seek. You see, even this small interaction, this seemingly inconsequential story of Christ sitting on a well and uh, meeting this woman, had a major effect. We're going to see later on, after Christ, well, much later on, in the book of Acts and in other places, after Christ is crucified and buried and resurrected and ascends into heaven, uh, the disciples are finally going to get it. And they're going to live a life that allows them to have these interactions. There's a time when, when Paul, coming through, uh, they, they bring him rags, and he touches them, and they take them back and people are healed uh, they they bring people along the, the side of the road so that when Jesus comes by if the shadow passes over him passes over them that, that they'd be healed why can't our lives be that way what is keeping us from having that effect from, from people just looking at us and knowing who we are and who we serve. I went down um, to my grandmother's after service this morning and had to, she got some mail by mistake. I, I love our post office. Um, anyway, long story. She got some of my mail. So I went down and picked it up. And obviously, I mean, I was dressed, I took my tie off, took my coat off, but I was dressed fairly nicely for her. And you know, she knew that I'd been to church. She forgot that we were having church in the house, but she knew that I'd been to church. She was asking me questions about church today. But that's not the norm. And I struggle because uh, my, my pastor in Missouri, he never liked to wear jeans. He always wore some kind of pants. So if he was out working or, or doing something, he was wearing some kind of pants and a, a nice shirt. He tried to look like a pastor at everything he did. It, I don't know. It, it made sense to him. To me, I should look like a Christian no matter what I'm wearing, no matter what I'm doing. As I was working yesterday in shorts and uh, a T-shirt, um, it's not my appearance. It's my demeanor. It's my life. The Bible calls it our conversation. The way that we carry ourselves, the way that we interact, the way that we talk, 
the things that, that we say should all, in everything we do, point to God. This woman left different. Everyone in the city knew her. They knew that she went out at this time of the day to avoid them. They knew that she wanted nothing to do with them. Yet now, here she is coming, and they see a change. You know, back in Mark, Mark chapter 5, we have the story of the maniac of Gadara, a man that was cutting himself in the tombs, crying all night, and he meets Christ, and he is changed completely changed and they come out and they see him clothed and sitting in his right mind and they begin to fear the men of the city that this woman goes back and tells they they don't begin to fear they begin to desire that's the difference between the Samaritans and the Jews the Jews they tried to kick Christ out they asked him to leave. The Samaritans here, they beg him to stay. And Christ spends two more days teaching them. And many more believe because of his saying. All of this happened simply because one person got on fire for the Lord and forgot all of her phobias. She forgot all of her cares and all of her worries. She forgot that she was trying to avoid everybody. And she went and sought them to bring them to Christ. It took me 15 years, 16 years to come back to this place and desire to be here. Many of those years under conviction that this is where I was supposed to be. And I fought it and I fought it and I fought it. I'm more like Jonah than I am this woman at the well. I hope that I'm the only one. <clears throat> I hope that I'm the only one here that's like that because if we're all like that, this is going to be a struggle. This church is going to be seeing this community brought to God is going to be way harder than it should be. It's already going to be tough because of the the way that the world is but if we're not completely sold out it's going to be almost impossible I don't know why we haven't had visitors from the community um, I do know that we haven't tried everything uh, I do know I haven't gone across the street and grabbed the neighbor by the hand and drugged him here yeah I do know that, that everybody has a choice. But I also know that if people don't see something in us that's different and that's better, they're not going to desire it. So 
the men of Sychar saw something different in this woman. And they desired it. They wanted Christ to stay and to teach them. And he rewarded them. He gave them two days and taught them and they knew him. That's, that's the best part of all of this. Verse number 42, the end of it, and him, uh, and said unto the woman, Now we believe, not because of thy saying, for we have heard him ourselves, and know that this is indeed the Christ, the Savior of the world. They know. They made the connection. The light bulb came on. Let's show the world what we know and help them to know it too. Let's work this week to live lives that the world would like to see. That the world believes we should be living. We, we proclaim to be Christians. They have a, an idea of what we should be. Let's live the life that a true Christian would live, that a true disciple would live, and let's show them something that they can desire, something that can change their lives so that they can know what we know.